All right. Welcome, everybody, to podcast number 18 from Five Pin Universe. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We have the usuals here with us, Tim and Dexter Wiseman, Adam Weber, and special guest, Jennifer Baker. Two wins on the WCB Tour, double crown champion, winner of the Open and the Masters singles titles. And uh, if you haven't, if you don't know who she is, you're not, you're listening to the wrong podcast, I believe. So uh, our first topic will be the 2019 Regina Classic. Had a record number of entries, 214. And the cut was actually down from the prior year. It was, the cut was 2074, no, 2064, correct? 20, 2164. 2164. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Any thoughts on how the tournament ran or any... Um, Things that stood out from you guys? I guess one thing that stood out, uh, Ron Perry shot a 448. Yeah, buried the last ball. Yeah. Really, really awesome. Um, well, I guess I'll start with Regina Classic. Uh, well, first of all, Eric Schultz played phenomenal on Sunday. He absolutely crushed the competition. Uh, I, I We've bowled with Eric for many years now, and it's probably the most dominant I've ever seen Eric play. And on Sunday, he was well-deserving of his first tour champion. Um, he played uh, Joel Mamcher both in the A and B side, and he, and he shot over 2,000 with his six games against him. Absolutely just steamrolled Joel. And I uh, I thought Eric was a, a well-deserving champion again of the, of the tournament. It's nice to see a guy <clears throat> who's, you know, struggled over the last little while. Well, maybe not struggled, but not – haven't seen him bowl to his caliber um, at, at some of the events recently, and it's just nice to see him break out and, and bowl so well. Uh, it's it's awesome, great, great, yeah, and exciting to watch too. He's always full of energy and lots of lo- loud, definitely loud, and yeah, <laughs> super entertaining. So it was great to see. Yeah, I think that's uh, something a lot of people got to look into. Eric Chos has played in every single event even made the trips out to winnipeg to play the rossmere tournament when it was still running uh he's he's been a constant um member of all the tournaments so it's uh nice to see a payday go back to somebody that puts so much effort into all the tournaments Mm -hmm. yeah he played real phenomenal and uh really well deserved uh you know finalists as well in brad mullins Right, uh, mm-hmm. heck of a tournament. Uh, really, really good qualifying. Uh, ran up, uh, ran up his side of the bracket also. So, uh, really good final uh, as well. Uh, Eric definitely played uh, as good, probably better than anybody there. Uh, very well deserved. Uh, throwing up just huge numbers against people. So, uh, fun, fun tournament. Extremely well run as normal. Uh, wouldn't expect much less. Um, one thing that uh, I, I definitely saw a lot of praise on uh, was the updating of the, the website uh, for, for everybody around the Canada. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the extra WCBT streams uh, along with the Nest and the Cubica scoring system. It's uh, such a phenomenal setup for, for a great tournament. Yeah, I was going to actually say that because obviously I wasn't there. But at one point between Mom and I, we had four devices running at once. <laughs> the scores and the live streams and we even made our own brackets yeah it was so kudos to all like you said all that technology now to pretty much feel like you're there when you're not yeah 
yeah, exactly. So it's almost like you're there right in the stands, but you don't have to pay that much for the beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, their live streaming system is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal, which is great because we get to pick up some of the like some absolutely awesome footage later on, uh, some great bowling and some funny anecdotes. And <laughs> well, as it became yeah. a, a common theme on the weekend, the uh, Regina sniper was out again. And it took a few few uh, unlucky victims. I was one of those victims. <laughs> Likewise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was on Thursday, I think. Carrie, uh, Carrie fell on Thursday. Uh, Adam uh, fell was, on Sunday. What, it, was it was during trios. Friday morning. Thurs- I thought was it Thurs- Thurs- Thursday trios. Yeah. Oh yeah, late That's late right. five also. Lane five. Yep. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh, Kevin texted me this week saying he's still trying to like fix the divot from from Adam's body hitting the lane. So uh, <laughs> I hear there's some significant damage, but uh, they're working on it. So thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's just my pride, Dex. <laughs> no, you have a bubble around that. That thing can't. <laughs> well, if pe- yeah. people remember back in the past, there when Gino did in the finals, we we taped a outline of his body out there on uh, the final set. There, <laughs> we, we just didn't have we just didn't have enough tape for Adam. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're so tall. It's because you're so tall. <laughs> just, just, just the head, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what an amazing field, too, though. Like, I mean, the whole competition had a, an unreal amount of like top quality bowlers for sure. If you, even if you, like, I mean, the top thirty-two are you know self-explanatory, but I mean, even look at the people who made consolation. The list of people that made consolation. You had to shoot. There was four people. Four people that shot over nine hundred for three. Um, there was twenty-six points between first and fourth. Crazy. And then, like, like I said, go, look, go through the list. Brandon Coburn and Constellation, who ended up winning, but Kerry Kreitz, Scott Class, and Brad Wilton, Aaron Arndt, Rob Wolfson, Matt Schultz. Uh, you know, Mike Bursick, who shot two four hundreds in the three game span, not that long ago at open qualifying. Tim, uh, you know, D- Derek Orn, Derek Gall, Dwayne Gallardi, Sam Gallardi, Derek Holm, uh, Greg DeGrazia. It's crazy. Well, that so. that just goes to show you the the depth of the field, right? There was two hundred and fourteen entries, but there was two hundred and uh 20 or sorry 121 separate bowlers yeah and they're all quality shooters like these guys are all these guys and ladies are all putting 200 dollars down to play they're they're not coming there at a 180 average right they they can play everybody can play it's a high scoring house everybody knows that already and uh only 32 people get in right yeah that's why you see almost a one-to-one uh Re, rebuy a ratio mm-hmm. at, at Regina, which is crazy. TPC, where you know we had what 140 individual bowlers, um, we end up with 239 entries. So even still, that's like you know maybe you know 50% rebuy, you know somewhere around there. So you know, 60% rebuy, not not a 100% rebuy. So yeah. it's uh, it's a big I mean, ratio. I mean, 
Greg DeGrazia played four shifts, so I mean that drops the you know the rate down a little bit lower. <laughs> well, when you win the Timmins Open, you have a lot of extra cash to throw around. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't I didn't make any money that weekend. I didn't even make it in our fantasy draft, so I. Uh, Dude, I you won a hundred bucks somewhere. It says. Uh, uh, oh, Baker's. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Kev played really well that night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stuck in the three hole and I stayed in the three hole. I didn't move. <laughs> they knew where my potential was that night. <laughs> Speaks, like speaking of Degrazi, though, there goes that. Uh, uh, just to show you how hard it is to win back to back weekends. Well, yeah. right? yeah. you, you so it goes through Timmins and then has to come through this type of a field. And he, I'm sure he was just spent uh, after after Timmins and then the travel and doing all that stuff too. So. Uh, I think one of my actual highlights was uh, was watching Brandon in that uh, tenth frame of the qualifier, the consolation. Also, mm-hmm. uh, clutch strike after clutch strike. Uh, I, I don't even know if he knew going to that last ball what he needed, right? But uh, probably knew he needed as much as he could. Uh, yeah. And then he ends up starting the uh, the the next morning up against Brad Mullins on one two, and uh, has to finish nine ten to to get Mullins. So and does it. And there, there's another guy that, that's out there supporting every tournament, right? A very, very unheralded, uh, you know, quality shooter. Yeah. Uh, probably has has that extra level in him at some point uh, in life. But, um, yeah, definitely one of my highlights. Brandon, when we grew up, Brandon, the same age of us, he was probably probably top top two in the, in the province for the longest time. He was a phenomenal player growing up. And then um just i don't know just everything caught up in seniors like he was always one step ahead of everybody and everybody kind of caught him up but uh he's still a phenomenal player by any means he was has always been really stellar just so naturally smooth just such a smooth delivery always so yeah Hmm. Uh, one of the nice guys out there too you never yeah you never not see him smile yeah but uh, I guess maybe we can talk about is our fantasy draft a little bit. Uh, we, M- we start... Mitch's fantasy draft. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch is Mitch Davies' fantasy draft. Uh, he selected nine other friends, and if you're not part of it, I apologize. He selected us, not you. And uh, <laughs> so, be, so be, well, I guess so I'm be, not his friend. Well, uh, you, you had to be there, baby. Had to be there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we we, had, we actually Terry compiled a list of people with rankings and whoever. Uh, entered in before I think it was before Thursday, and uh, whoever all registered for the shifts and we uh, did kind of a snake draft and uh, you made ten points if your player made uh, the cut, ten points if you made a won a match with your player. Uh, we took six players, so I mean with there were sixty bowlers taken. I think we only had hundred and ten on the on the list, but it was quite it was quite entertaining for all of us to be honest with you. I think Lenny won. Uh, Lenny didn't even look at a sheet; he just picked off top of his head. And uh, he was bragging about it, and I, don't, I can't believe he won. Um, and Car- I think Kerry Schneider came in second. And- no, I, I did. But, okay, uh, I, I, but Le- Lenny ended up having both finalists. Yeah, he ended up having both <laughs> finalists, yeah. yeah. The, the, the running joke was everybody was kind of cheering on six random bowlers had no idea that they were cheering him on. And then finally, like, Sam looked at me. He's like, why are you being so nice to me? He's like, man, you're my boy. You're my horse. Picked you in second round. Yeah. I had the same thing with Daddy Bear, too. Yeah. Daddy's like, what? What's go- you got a bet on me? Or like, what? I'm like, you're my fantasy, dude. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. It was a riot. Absolutely. It definitely added something extra to the tournament, right? 
it uh i think it's neat and i think you're gonna see a lot more of that yeah yes yeah, pretty cool um so i guess in the top 32 was there any ladies that made the cut uh kelsey wilton kelsey, kelsey for sure wilton. right so I guess that, that's a question we could ask our special guest, Jen, is um, why, why do you feel or why do you think um, you don't see as many women making the cut? Is it just sheer amount of boys that play the tournaments or um, where do you think the difference comes into? Is it, a, is it a power game? Is it something else? Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh I honestly really, when it comes down to it, I think a lot of ladies out there are obviously intimidated or intimidated by like all the males out there because they know they can put up the 23, 2400s and in, in uh, tournaments like this. But then if you go back to like their own provinces and stuff, and you see them both for masters, and you can see that they easily can throw the 23 and 24s too. But I guess it's just a different setting when it comes to these kind of tournaments because it's a free for all and not just a ladies against ladies and men's against men's do you think it's more of an odds game than than it is so all of a sudden you're facing you know 120 people rather than facing 20 people um do, do you think that that changes mindset do you think that changes confidence maybe i think it does and i really or i really do believe it does <laughs> yeah i um just oh and my... sorry at debbie ely too yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had a fantastic day. Yeah, she, she pulled she pulled great. And she pulled she, good in the in yeah. the final suit. She crushed seven. I know that for sure. I I'm, yeah. I I just that's, my thoughts on it, I think it's just sheer numbers. There's there's not as many ladies as guys playing, so if you look at the ratios, it's probably equal, right? If there was more ladies playing, there'd be more ladies that make the cut. I think it's an equal game. There's no there's no advantage for the guys to play as compared to a lady playing. I think you can score however you throw the ball. It's just the quantity of people is just ridiculously favored on the male side as compared to the female side. I think that's where you see the ratios coming from. Yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> yeah. well, I'll just say, if you look at all the cash tournaments, if you add up the ladies, it's probably like what? I don't even know if it's a quarter of the amount of guys you have. It wouldn't be. Maybe a third. I don't even know if it would be that. No. I'm trying to count yeah. how many entries there are. Do you, you ladies encourage each other to play, though? I mean, it's not like we don't tell you guys to come out or don't want you to be part of it. No, right? like I think there, that's it, your, your own opinion that if you want to come out, you do. And if you don't, they just have it in their mind that I'm not going to make it anyway. So why throw the money away? So what? What? Can, how can we break the stereotype, or how can we get more ladies out? Do you think? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Jen Baker like, to lead the charge. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, in all fairness, I think that's a tough question because obviously you can't push ladies to do it unless, like, you did start. Like, well, like, I know, obviously, at uh, TPC there, you have the ladies' invitational. So you start, like, with baby steps with that. Then once they grow confidence with that, be like, you know what? No, like, I can bowl against these guys. So then, in turn, hopefully, you'd get more, more entries out of that. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I think you guys deserve to be on the on the on the main one, not the. You know how we we've talked about this a lot of times. I it really bugs me to stereotype that the thousand dollar one was a male only because it wasn't, right? And uh, I think the five hundred one's a good good stepping stone maybe for the ladies. But, but do, uh, do you do you think that having a segregated tournament for ladies builds their confidence to face everybody, or does it just further the or does that further the the separation yeah. there where all of a yeah. sudden it's like you know, I'm only facing ladies and now you're facing everybody. Do you think it just, you know, do, do you think that's just going to build a, a further segregation and, and, and a further confidence issue between it? I don't know. It could. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like I said, you like you would like to think that it would help them, but I, I definitely see where you're coming from. You might just, they might just get stuck saying, you know what, let's just play by ourselves and have our own thing. Whereas, uh-huh. I don't know, that that's, I can see where you're coming from with that. So, Jen, here's a question. If you had a choice, would you play the main one or, or the ladies' one? Probably the main one, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely, right? Because you want to compete against the best. And, and you know you everybody can compete, I think. So. Yeah. yeah. And even, like, even just feeding off of, like, obviously, I'm not saying ladies don't have, obviously, the aggression as men do, but I just find men have more of a, I don't know, just feels you up more, or for that's me personally anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so so many phenomenal female players in this game, Absolutely. especially especially in Western Canada. I, I'm shocked that there's not more entries on, onto this tour, uh, and and I think it will come. Uh, I I just think the the strength of the tour will bring numbers in 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 all ages, sexes. It, it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, do do you think do you think finances has a little bit to do with it? And I think families with kids, I think that's a huge one, right? How many, how many, how many ladies out there, Jen, can't really play Masters or the Open or the pick either or, or maybe not play the, the tour because they have a kid, right? Yeah, It is, but you see, I mean, Haley Cole had to make that decision, right? And then you look at Matt and Matt and Danielle, and then you also have you know Kelsey and Brad. They, they all they have to manage around having a kid now, right? So one yeah, maybe but, plays one shift, one play doesn't, right? But they're still they're still finding ways to all compete in it. But right. they're they're one of the few people that want to keep going with it, I think, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and they're willing to, to do that. But if finances like Carrie say, where only one gets to choose or maybe something else comes up, you know, yeah. kid kid needs to go into soccer or whatever, right? They choose that obviously. For sure. And if it changes from a from a a dual income household to a single income household, then that could really weigh in on it too, for sure. Well, I, I think with the WCBT being so new, we, we don't really have a fair comparison on that because a lot of those ladies you mentioned, Tim, mm-hmm. like Kelsey's still playing even though they have a child. Danielle's still playing even though they had a child. And they did kind of play the tour events before, but Haley didn't really play no, the yeah. tour events, right? So no. that's not just looking at open, really a fair looking at comparison, open. right? Yeah. Right, so, I'm saying if comparing how to make your choices, I guess. So I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. From from a financial standpoint, is you know the only person on this podcast who has a child, right? You do have to prioritize, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, my money tightens up it doesn't matter who you are unless you won some lottery right you do have to prioritize and it's not necessarily the financial side of it it's the the time at home 
um, you know, at least with, you know, the, you know, the Wiltons and, and Matt and Danielle, right. It, it, they are able to make that commitment together. Um, I, I'm sure it affects both of them, both families and they're, they're on the lane and off the lane. Right. Uh, I, I went through it for, for a few years where all of a sudden your mind's not solely on the task at hand. Right. Um, but yeah, financials will be a, a huge part. And, and honestly, I know a lot of women after they they have uh, the first or second child, they they just they they start to lose the love and the passion for the game, right? And the drive to to compete anymore because hell, they just went through a life battle, right? There, there's really nothing that compares to that. So, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Makes sense. <laughs> Just for reference, just for reference, twenty uh, from my quick count, uh, I could have missed names in there, but I saw twenty-two entries for ladies into Regina out of two hundred. So that's ten percent. That's yeah. yeah. So, it, so then two in the top thirty-one is a little a little bit less than ten percent, but it's it's a pretty close ratio. What well, what yeah. was it in, in in Edmonton, TPC? My, my guess is be a little bit the higher percentage. Yeah. Probably, probably 15, probably. Yeah, and well, I mean, ladies' entries compared to men's entries, yeah, for sure. Uh, who did we have make this Sunday for TPC for the ladies? Jen. Yeah. Uh, Good question that we weren't prepared for. <laughs> Sorry, my, yes. my, Destry's probably up on the website, Dex. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, <laughs> so, next next question. <laughs> so, uh, what what rules um, in the game do you guys have conflicts with, or do you feel need to be changed? Um, a prime example, one that's been in a discussion in a few of our conversations over the weeks has been throwing a ball on the wrong lane. Um, at this point in time, it's a dead ball, I do believe. And you get to play your frame over again on the proper lane. Is that correct? Kind of. <laughs> the, the answer is kind of. Uh, it, it really depends on the situation. So, the C5, uh, the C5 rulebook is sort of convoluted in how it words things. So there's technically two rules. There's one for their what what they refer to as like a, a team event or multiple people, and there's one for what they call singles events. Um, basically, what happens is if you are if you bowl, let's say you're in the fourth frame, you bowl in the wrong lane, it's caught right away, um, it counts as a dead ball, you get to rethrow that ball. But if you're in, like, you know, let's say you're in the third frame and first person bowls out of order, second person bowls out of order, third person bowls out of order, well, now you actually have to go through the entire line, have everybody bowl out of order. Flip all the rules, all the all the frames over to the other one, and it continues to count. And then you start bowling properly on the on the same lane. Uh, it's just that the rules so convoluted that people get really confused by it. 
It's also um, been changed a million times too, right? It has changed a million times. I remember when Bruce shot 2,500 at Bonnie Doon, and I think he was on the last set of lanes that we were using, and he goes up there on a, on a six-bagger, and he punches a head pin. I think it was in the eighth frame, he's like, ah, oh, crap, right? And he came back, he's like, oh, Bruce, you're on the wrong lane. Oh, perfect, went up and threw a strike for seven in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and exactly. normally people are like, "Oh, it's, well, it's Bruce. Bruce gets away with anything like that, and everybody laughs about it." <laughs> what was that? The Masters? Are you shot a three hundred every game, Tim? Yeah, yeah, that oh, was yeah. twenty six hundred, not twenty five hundred. It was twenty six hundred. I shot twenty four hundred and lost by two hundred. <laughs> I remember that because honestly, that actual I think the strike actually got him a three hundred. There was, a, or, or he would have got like a two eighty or something. It was, it was no, he ended up. Like three eighty that because he was on like oh. a six bagger and he punched. Yeah, okay. And then he ended up yeah. throwing shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the the way uh, the way it is read on the C five website, I'll read it out here. Uh, bowling on the wrong lane out of turn. When it is discovered that a bowler is bowling on the wrong lane or out of turn, a dead ball shall be declared, and the bowler must re-bowl on the correct lane in the correct order. Uh, part B of that says, when it is discovered that a team is being bowled on the wrong lane, the following will apply. If in the first frame, all balls will be declared dead, and the game will be restarted on the proper lane. If not in the first frame, the frame will be completed by all bowlers, and the game resumed on the proper lanes. Now, the problem with this is that it happened at our Open, and... From the way that this reads, it really sounds like there's a singles event and a team event. That is really not how the C5 wanted that to come across. <clears throat> when they are referring to a team event, he they're not really referring to like actual teams. They are actually referring to the number of people who bowled out of order. So this is from directly from Sheila Carr. Who is on the C5? Uh, the C5 executive. Uh, the reference to a bowler versus team is that it applies when one bowler, regardless of team or singles event, it doesn't matter, um, has bowled on the wrong lane. The score is erased, and they must play on the correct lane. The re reference to a team would be interrupted as more than or interpreted as more than one player on a lane, team or singles doesn't matter, and scores would be erased only if it is in the first frame. Any other frame, uh, the group completes the frame and then continues on the correct lane. So there you have it. Yeah. That's Con <laughs> convoluted, but there's the actual proper ruling for everybody out there that has that question. That is today's rule. So, so sorry, don't bowl on the wrong did, lane. Sorry, did, did Sheila's explanation contradict the rule book? No. No, it's just a different way of wording. She so, she was just clarifying why it says okay. like singles and team, okay, and what okay. the what the clarification of that would be. So basically, she's just saying it doesn't matter what sort of tournament it is; it's just the number of people that bowl out of order. Yeah. So one by, by team, they mean multiple players. Multiple on one players. Lane. Right. Yeah. So if one player plays out of order, dead ball, do it over. More than play one, it it gets transferred over, and you have to complete the entire frame. So if there's five people on that lane and three of them have done it out of order, the next two have to bowl on the wrong lane. Okay. Unless it's the first frame, right? Unless it's the first frame, then yeah, just start over. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the glad, you're, 
Glad you're following us, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a pretty face, Dexter. That's right. So <laughs> instead of instead of just a dead ball, like let's say it's a a singles event and the one person throws on the wrong lane, it becomes a dead ball, they move over to the other lane. Do you guys feel that there should be a penalty, like a foul awarded to that player? Hmm. I never thought about it, but I mean I wouldn't be opposed to it. Because to me, yeah, if you throw a strike, a dead ball sucks. But if you throw a head pin, dead ball is a benefit. Yeah. Right? So I, it, it, should, yeah. it really should be penalized. It shouldn't be awarded. I just feel like even if you, if you do it more than once, then I would start looking into it being like, okay, there's obviously some reason why you're trying to do this. Yeah. Or, or, or do you think they actually tried or are they just not paying attention? But I could I could see it being done maliciously though. For sure I can, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it has been done maliciously in the past. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe you could do like a warning for the first time. Okay, you know, pay attention to the arrows. It it it's not like you don't see the computer scoring now in most houses, but at the same time, whatever rules that we placed would have to also account for non. You know, computerized houses or two, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that all it takes is the scorekeeper say, "Oh, you're on lane ten, but you're actually on lane nine. So, yeah, I don't know. I can see that being a bit of an I, issue. I yeah. uh, I remember when we were down in Collingwood, and I think I was on uh, nine and ten, or on the left hand side there, and I was facing Darren Hamner on the in I think the eights in in the, a TPC there, and we played a, a whole game, and we didn't know it wasn't scoring. <laughs> right, we played a whole game because we were not even looking at the scores, nothing like this, right? Because we're throwing strikes and spares, right? It was the first game of the of the round, right? And you know, like even like Brad Mullins doesn't even take watch the score or nothing like that until the end. All of a sudden, I looked up and I was like, "We only have a frame each. Like, what happened?" <laughs> right, and I was like, "Well, we had to restart all over again, right?" We both had like turkeys in there. What I lost. I, I mean, I, I blame blame Darren, but yeah. I think that's something you're going to see in the future, especially on the WCBT, is all of a sudden these players are going to have to be responsible, like keeping scores and stuff like that. Because it's going to become an issue where, like Tim said, you play a whole game and nobody was paying attention, so you don't you just restart. That can't be happening. That's a waste of time. That's a waste of resources. And it looks bad on the sport. We're, yeah. we're, for, we're fortunate, I think, that on tour, all of us play double sets on Sunday to start, as much as that, you know, people might want to have single sets. But with us starting double sets, somebody's always paying attention, right? True. And then and by the, the time the 16s but that's only, come around... That's only two of the events, Tim. There's two other events that don't do that, right? As we progress with technology, scoring systems have the fail-safes to make that non-existent anymore. Um, all of... Like, I mean, we're looking at putting in Steltronic and with Steltronic, um, if a computer kicks out, it it has everything. Uh, e- even if the front computer terminal dies, it's still saving everything on the back terminals. And as soon as it reconnects, it sends everything out front and vice versa. Um, plus, you can save games. You can bring back games from, you know, six months ago and you could see frame by frame what was actually bold. So it... it, it no, but it's, they, they it's have fail saves in place now. Yeah, still doesn't help if you don't press the start button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, 
There, there's another rule. I, I mean, this happened to us on Sunday, and as far as I'm concerned, you know what? Some pits sometimes people forget to push the the start button. But if you're if you're the first bowler up there, and you go up, and you are on the right lane, and you're in the right order, and you threw the ball, and you got something. As far as I'm concerned, that's a legally delivered ball. You're on the right lane at the right order. I don't. You, you screwed up by not hitting the reset button to start the game. But nowhere in the rule book does it say you need to hit the reset button to start the game. To me, that that is a, a legally delivered ball, right? Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I agree 100% with you. And I think that's why some of the onus is going to be coming back on the bowlers, right? You you can't rely on the computer system. It It's nice that we have it, and it makes the game a lot simpler. Um, but for the competitive side of stuff, we're going to have to look at putting the onus on the bowlers. They have to be aware of what's going on. And it's just like any other sport. The players know what is the happening and they have to know the rules, right? Like th this is going to have to be, or I hope it turns into something like that. Like in no other sport does a person get on the golf course and be a professional and not know the rule. Right. Yeah. They can, or yeah. there's somebody there they can ask a ruling. Right. I'm surprised we haven't got a called in one for somebody watching live stream calling a rule. A Dustin Johnson. I, we, we I take the PGA I, Tour stance on it. No call. If we were, if we were, if we were going to get a call in, it would have been an anonymous phone call from Adam Weber, being like, "Somebody walked into my lane." Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody ever had that happen where they where they stuck on somebody else's shoe mark? I don't even think there was a shoe mark. Well, that's the thing about. Um, so that is another ruling, right? Where you're not supposed to travel into another person's lane and make contact with them. But there is no ruling about traveling into another lane as long as you don't cross the foul line, right? Mm -hmm. So is that something that needs to be looked at too? I know it happens on the 10-pin tour all the time. Guys walk out shots all the time. So do we feel in 5-pin that... Um, because our slide is a lot more prominent um, and stuff like that. Is that an issue where people, if you somebody walks across your lane sideways, does it create a friction spot on the lane where possibly you could be sliding and stick and fall over the foul line? Is that a ruling that would have to be looked at, or is that just a freak accident that you never will see a million times again? Uh, how often do you see it? Like we, we see people on a Sunday at these tour events, you know, running out shots all day, right? It's per pretty, you know, rare that you actually see it affects somebody else's shot, or maybe it does, but somebody you know gets through it, and then all of a sudden that mark's gone or whatever it is, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a type of person that you know you're supposed to stay on your own approach, right? Mm -hmm. you, you get excited, do do whatever, right? Um, you know the the situation that that Tim's trying to goat me into, um, <laughs> right? It, 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 it it's not something I, I know for a fact. It's not something that uh, that that this player would have ever done. No. You know, on purpose, maliciously, whatsoever. He's certainly not that guy, right? But it it's too coincidental that all of a sudden now there was a stick spot at that point, right? Whether it had anything to do with that or not. 
um, whether maybe I got in my toe or something. I, it, no, that doesn't really matter, right? It, it's over now. Um, but, you know, you, you have a lane, right? There, there's those barriers. There's a barrier to the foul line, right? An unwritten barrier. Um, in my opinion is you should be staying on your, your approach. Um, now, on the same same thing, I've also seen people run, you know, a shot out, not touch another player, but directly affect them, whether, you know, the, that is shot or all of a sudden you stop somebody's shot and now they have to mentally reset, right? So it's, mm-hmm. um, Sorry, I don't know, I, I, go ahead. I, I, just, I just went through it. Uh, it. Nowhere in there does it say that it's actual foul to interfere with somebody. There, It's not listed under fouls at all. So uh, I just went and looked that up. It's not there. It is, however, um, declared under dead ball. So it says, uh, uh, dead, uh, this is Rule 10, dead ball, definition of the third point says, when a bowler is interfered with by another person or moving object while the bowler is in the act of delivering a ball, uh, the bowler must immediately then and there accept the resulting pinfall of a such ball or declare the ball dead. Interference shall be defined as physical contact only by a person or object with the bowler, but it is not under the foul section. Hmm. Right. So, so if, they are, if they are running out of shot and they accidentally bump into you, you could declare your shot a dead ball and get to reshoot that. Right, but or, it isn't. It isn't or, an actual foul. Or accept the result. If you or accept started. the result. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right. I, oh, that, but the other weird. player, I, but the other player isn't penalized for the interference. Yeah, I, I, I always heard that that was a foul if you touch another player. So too. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, me. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I, huh. I thought so too. That's what I, I, I really did. That's why I went and looked it up. But it hmm. is definitely not in there. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So there you go, guys. Learn something new. Yeah, I, that's something for me to to uh, ask at least uh, it, you know what uh, maybe maybe it's in um yeah i don't, I don't know maybe it's <laughs> see you know maybe, what maybe next time i'm about to go throw a strike i'll ask somebody to run into me so i get a two for one <laughs> yeah well <laughs> right? actually, like it's like it, that that it, to me that that's that's odd that you have the option to either rethrow or accept the result right? here's something I, else you, that's interesting too um, rule 15, non-fouls. A foul shall not be declared or shall not be called on a bowler who is physically interfered with while in the act of delivering a bowling ball and such interference causes the bowler to commit a foul. So you could get hit, <laughs> run, run, run 30 <laughs> feet down the lane and throw a straight. <laughs> get... That's and if you, if you get roasted, don't accept it. Call dead ball and throw again. Oh no! Exactly. <laughs> Two for one. It says, sorry. Next point says, such <laughs> ball shall be declared dead. So if you do foul, <laughs> it will be just, yeah. just fall on the lane to get over with. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, well, I, 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 sorry. Go ahead, Timmy. I, I I've never seen somebody actually run into somebody or uh, on the lane. Uh, I think my biggest thing is maybe not so much that, but I've had balls thrown behind me when you're when you're going up there. See, up on lane six, somebody throws a ball in lane seven and, and a huff, or somebody lobbing a ball down there. I think that's, to me, I think that's worse. Uh, just because, I mean, I can deal with somebody beside me. You, we normally get to see that. We're used to it. But hearing an extra noise or seeing something go zip by you with a ball or something in the air, I, I think that bugs me a little more. 
Now, keep in mind, like, that there might be different rules for tournaments, and every tournament could have their own set of rules, too. And on here in the C5 rulebook, it says to look, go to the C5 website to get the official tournament rules, which does not exist on their website. So there might be some, <laughs> there might be something different, <laughs> but it's we it's should not... check under check under tournaments. Okay. Say so if you go into the individual tournaments, they might have yeah, their own rulebook attached it's, to them. It's on their decks, yeah. Right. Sorry, go to the open and go to the so, IP. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, like e each tournament, um, usually they follow the C5 rules with exceptions, right? They'll have their own own set of rules. Maybe the house is specifically has an issue, so they implement a rule for mm. that. But um, Yeah, I know. It's insane. Yeah, like, I, I agree with you, Adam. I think um, people should stay in their own lane. Um, but if it's a one-on-one -on -one match, I don't mind if somebody walks out a shot into a lane that isn't being used, but walking into a lane that their opponent will be using right away. I don't know if it should be penalized or if it, if yeah, there should just, be a warning behind that. Right. I, I just think it's players etiquette, right? Yeah. It's like a, that, that. That's what half our tour is about really. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and like I said, you know, the, most of the stuff that happens on tour is there, there's no, you know, intent or maliciousness to any of it, right? So it, just like uh, getting super pumped and, you know, throwing off a bowler six lanes down or whatever, right? Like there's no intent for that to actually happen. It, it's it's part of the game. It's part of the event, right? And and if you want to take some of that away, well, we, we keep talking about uh, trying to improve, you know, audience participation or or, or get people watching the tour. We, we, we can't eliminate that stuff either, right? So No, no. no. The, the excitement brings the audience in, right? Exactly. Yeah. I remember in 2013, I, I left a mark on your lane. Adam, I don't remember if you remember this, but we're in medicine hat. I don't remember last week, man. And I and I threw I threw uh, this is back when I was a little bit more in shape, and I, I threw a ball in open provincials, and I think it was me and Miller, and we both started a six bagger against each other. He plowed, I threw a seventh bagger, and I slid on my knees back, back when we had to wear pants, and I left a big black smear all, all the way up the lane. And I know that we all like we all I think our teams ran out the rest of the strikes for that frame. And all I remember is Rick Heinrich on his knees cleaning up my 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 two smear marks all over the lines because it, it went everywhere. Because of course I have fat knees and uh, it smudged the whole lanes, but it could have been pants gate. But you know it, it was all fixed. Are, so. are you sure it was the pants or was it your shoes? <laughs> no, no. Like your 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 pants wouldn't have left that type of mark. It was black. I, I actually have a burn mark on my because it was synthetic clean. That burn mark on my pants. How hard oh, wow. are you sliding? Well, there, there's there's a lot of friction. And it, and there's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Power lifter Tim. It was like a free train, yeah. <laughs> but Kate, Carrie, I wanted to get back to on that that point of you know self policing, you know the the bowlers and everything as well on you know scoreboard watching and stuff like that. We we are already you know under scrutiny for making sure that our score is correct at the end of each frame. So realistically, we should be looking at that scoreboard, making sure that that's up there anyways. So uh, for, for somebody to bowl in the wrong lane, yes, it happens. Like there, there's arrows out there. If you're taking a look at all, 
right? You should never have that issue. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'd say for the most part, we're, we're pretty much self-policed already, mm-hmm. right? But uh, maybe, I don't know, but maybe it's just bringing the issue to the forefront and say, hey, you know, we, we've been seeing a noticeable increase in, in these issues in tournaments all over the, you know, all over, you know, Western Canada anyways that, that we've seen. Um, you know, maybe just be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's funny you bring something like that up. I, when I was playing competitive ball and uh, somebody would make a mistake, like overthrow a ball and hit somebody in the stands or hit somebody <laughs> on the bench or whatever, and you would get, oh, sorry, or whatever. And one of the guys would be like, uh, don't be sorry, just be better. <laughs> that happened all the time. <laughs> oh, man. So what, are, what are the rules uh, uh, you guys pins. come across? Leaning right. pins. You want to oh, go to leaning pins? All right, I was just looking this one up. Okay, so I disagree <laughs> with a lot of like how people interpret the leaning pins rule, which is basically just if it looks like it's leaning at all, it's down. Uh, okay um let me uh let me read this any any pin which is leaning or not standing solidly on his base due to the support of another pin or ball shall be declared down uh, down pin if the pin falls when the supporting pin or ball is removed um, on free fall machines a neutral person or a league tournament official must remove the supporting pins or ball. Okay, so this is why I struggle with everybody being like, oh, it's leaning, it's down. When, like, there's lots of times where you'll see a pin roll into the front of another pin, and then that pin leans a little bit to the side, but, like, that pin is in front, and the, the, the other pin is not leaning on top of that pin. How is that pin that's rolled into it supporting it? So if you, do, you, do, you pulled, think, do you think the friction of the rubbers leaning against each other is what's holding it though uh, it, it, but that doesn't even mean that 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 rubber is rolling and touching it like that doesn't mean it you could yeah. have the head well, you roll into it, it and it goes just the, you, the, you could see you could see if there's a chance that the rubber is touching the rubber the, the, the hardest feet? part yeah oh for the, sure you you could see where where that pin is touching the hardest part dexter is the fact is we have all these black bases out anymore and you and it's tough with the matting in the background that I can't see a leaning pin sometimes and maybe yeah. uh, one with just white bases. I think and that's a big problem. For sure. And and don't forget, pin spots make a big difference too because like all those pin spots get worn down over time, right? So all you have to do is nudge some of those pins and all of a sudden it goes from here to here. And that's what – or I've, for the viewers that aren't there, all of a sudden it starts instead of standing up or – standing straight up all of a sudden it's on like a you know like a five degree angle change and if you go to some centers you're going to see pins sitting like that when they come down anyways and it's simply because the pin spots where the pins come down onto all the time are wearing out so when a pin (laughs) rolls into it that doesn't mean that it's going to be leaning it could have just moved on that pin spot too how do you feel dex right um there's other rules that go along with it which (laughs) Any pins knocked down by means... Oh, sorry, not that one. Well, let's address that first one. So, whose decision is it that it's down or not? I I would assume, since it's leagues or tournaments and it's fast-paced and the machine cycles right away, that it's... 
you can't rely on tournament officials to see all of it all the time. So that's why it's become a, a big group effort. And that makes sense. But I feel like the group has collectively worked itself into a position where now as soon as a pin is touched, it's fucking down. Sorry, it's down. <laughs> so now, now now as soon as as soon as the pin rolls into it, it's down. I don't do you, know, man. Do you think the hardest part of that, you know, terminology or of that ruling is the fact that in at least in string machines, there's no chance of removing that object that you know Hands said down. pin is is supposed to be supported upon. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. of course, all the people are going to lean towards better scoring, right? They're not going to be like. I don't know if we remove that pin if it fell or not, but it definitely was kind of leaning, so we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. They're not going to be like, no, sorry, that's not... It was clearly leaning, but that pin wasn't supporting it. How are you going to ar- make that argument is, I think, where the issue is going to come in, right? Mm-hmm. And I that's, it's that's, to why, argue. that's why it's I, up I to your I have to argue right? against that ruling. How, how do you argue against that ruling? Uh, of a pin being four down, right? It, my biggest thing is if it's not rocking at least, right, at that point, okay, there's, there's half the battle. If it's not rocking, okay, there's a potential for a lean, and then somebody other than the bowler itself needs to be able to make that call. What, what bugs yeah. me is you, you see somebody down six lanes over. Oh, that was down. Yeah, I don't agree with but, that. Yeah, no, maybe Give me, me a too. break, man. Give me it, a all, break. It has to be although, the people on your set. Although I guarantee they have the best angle. They can actually well, see him leaning backwards, right? But why, yeah. but why are you watching six lanes down? I don't get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do it, I do it on every approach. I got no mental yeah. game. <laughs> but that, that becomes the self-policing thing, right? I think you, your set has to be responsible for that. Um, and obviously there's a few of us here that don't watch other players play. Um, I'm one of them. I don't. I don't watch results from other players that I'm playing with. And maybe that should be on me to watch a little bit more so I can help police that issue. Um, but yeah, I don't believe somebody from a different set should be coming over and being like, yeah, that's down. Because you don't know the relationship between that person and the person that threw the ball. Right? Well, and, yeah. Right? And you want to take that, that out of the equation. Is my thought on it i was gonna say so say like you threw a shot and you turned around and then someone else said it's down like what what would you do about that because if you physically didn't see it how would you go along with that i would think if there's multiple people or two or three people said no okay sure yeah i think it has to be a majority thing on your set if there was four people or if there's five people watching and three of them said it wasn't down then i would argue that it wasn't down yeah right i think it would have to be a majority ruling on that kind of thing but it it is tough like there's there was a couple instances in regina where you see people turn around and be like oh that's down right and half the people kind of just yeah you know they're unsure of the ruling right here's here's my thing though like we all we all kind of know what we're what's going on and especially our high average bowlers, I, I just really feel me personally, me getting a leaning pin call that's maybe iffy, 
you know, somebody like two two lanes over says it was down. I don't really think it. I'm. I just rather shoot for it because you know why. At the end of the day, I feel like that's karma, right? Because I'm not trying to get yeah. the extra hand on things. You know what? And I'll win my own way, right? Um, I just I. You see some people trying to get the upper hand on things just by maybe a, a thing here and there, and I just I don't know. I just. I'd rather just shoot for it most times. Yeah, I'm prepared. To, I'm, I'm prepared to shoot for it. You gotta take. You gotta take this topic with yes. without karma being part of it. You, it's a ruling, right? What's the ruling? What what well, should be the close. ruling? Yeah, it, it, right? it, it, sh- it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a five minute discussion. It should be. Was that down? Yes. No. Okay. Yep. Done. Over. Let's well, move it, on. Right. It can't really be a five minute discussion. What when the pin cycle within five seconds? seconds. No. Right? No. So, but, no. 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 For it, sure. We, we've had people go up and, and argue and they're blue until they're blue in the face, and it's really not worth it, I, in my opinion. I just, I, I had a 10-minute delay for two people who weren't even playing in our match arguing over this call and in, in uh, Wainwright one year, and uh, they're back in the pit making a call, and uh, the player I was against uh, had already picked up his ball. He was ready to go throw for it again. Another player from the back chirped up and said, no, that's a down pin, even though I physically saw that it was not a down pin. So I didn't argue it. The player that I was playing didn't argue it. But then it turned into a bit of a, a, a screaming match. And uh, eventually, you know, the, the player ended up going to pick the pin. Uh, but it, it can be a bit of an argument unless there's a, that majority or a unanimous type of a decision, right? Uh, my opinion is, you know, if... If I see the potential of one, I'll call for somebody to look for it, right? If nobody's there to see it, it it's not pin, right? There, there's, yeah. there's, no, there's no doubt about it. I go pick it. Uh, if there's, say, two or three people looking, you know, one guy says yes, one guy says no, it, it's not pin, right? There, it, that, I have no problem with a, a set either side. If they see something, I'm calling for something. My set didn't see it. Somebody else did see it in a, a lane over. Yeah, I, I just want the right call. I don't care if it's yeah. for me. I don't care if it's for it's, anybody else yeah. out there. Just just make it the right call. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we we don't have you know video replay or anything, and the the rule book's not readily available. And like I said, nobody really knows the the true ruling, anyways. Is there, I, yeah, is there a, an angle ruling on that, Dexter? Like if it's past say forty five, like, I think. No, it can't be. There, there is, there's there is no, no, there's no angle on there. Um, we should look it up because the pins are designed to topple at a certain angle point. I think I do believe it's fifteen degrees, but yeah, um, um, we should we should probably look that up. But that being said, we're never going to have a chance to go down there with a, you know, anything to measure that, anyways. But, but why don't we... it would give people more of a a standard to look at and be like, okay, yeah, that was clearly leaning, not what? Five, not two and a half degrees off base, right? What, like, what, what, what's 15 degrees, right? Yeah, with those, yeah, with right. those new, with those new black bases. You can't tell. You, I, I said, don't know. You can't. 15 and degrees. So, you can't tell 15 degrees. For off sure. It is. With, with I black bases, I I, you should be able to, right? <laughs> Everything's down. Everything stands like, like Everything's straight down. up and down. <laughs> <laughs> That's 90 degrees, 15 yeah. off. You can well, tell. Like I said, there's, there, there's a few three pins at Sherwood that are already 15 degrees. Uh, so true enough. Oh, oh. True enough. Uh, he is clearly talking about Sherwood Center, everybody. But okay, so here's here's my complaint, and I've seen this happen too, where all of a sudden somebody says that a pin is 
leaning and it might be leaning, but there's no pin anywhere close to it, even touching it, but it's leaning a little bit. Could be Not a string. A down pin. Could be a string. Could be a uh, string pull, right? I don't. Okay. Yeah. It has to, it has to be clearly supported by, by string. string. Um, Done. Any pin which is leaning or not standing solidly on its face two to the support of another pin or ball shall be declared dead. Now, or sorry, it shall be declared a down pin. There's the other one. Um, Any pins knocked down or pins which seems to be falling due to uh, an action of a legally delivered ball before the shield or string or a shield or a sweep unit uh, descends shall be counted as down. There is, um, where is the one about the strings? Because there's one specifically about strings, too. Why don't we, with these new scoring systems, have a have a pit cam? Just put up a replay on the on the monitor down below, and then we can have it in there. <laughs> Get on that, Tim. I was about to say, <laughs> all yours. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if uh, if a human pin setter comes into contact with a pin and the pin falls, it should be declared uh, a down pin as well, just so everybody knows. <laughs> random random uh, rule for the day. If you have a, the, a human the, pin setter. For the Brian Randalls. Yeah. yeah, Brian Randall. Back when Brian was <laughs> pin chasing from 1920. <laughs> All right. Um, any pins which are leaning and being held up due to the vis- visible support of a connecting string of a pin of an automatic uh, string pin center machine shall be declared down or marked as down. But I mean, if if it's off that if it's off that five degrees and it's just, you can tell you <laughs> could you know where you could kind of tell where the fall point is on a pin, right? I mean, we've all seen pins. Wiggle back and forth and not fall. So we kind of have a rough visual idea of where that fall point is going to be. In if Sherwood it's Park, off to the... in Sherwood Park, the two pins have a, a less lean. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like seven degrees gone. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's already ready to go. Yeah. I, I think the problem with the string, kind of the string rule you just brought up, is the strings are black, the background's black. It, it's tough to tell if a string's doing anything. You can see when the string, wrap, like your two-pin wraps around and your three-pin gives the wobble and then stands back up. You can tell that's a string pull. But to argue if a pin rolls into it and then you see the pin lean one way because you figure a string is pulling it, how do, how do you call that, right? That's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's definitely obvious ones. There's ones that are obvious for yeah. sure. But, I... I mean, the ones that are like, I don't know. For me, if it, if that pin, if it if it happens to me, and if that pin just kind of goes a little bit off base, but it's it's still standing, I'm shooting at it. I I, I think personally, for the ruling that I would like to see, and I know a lot of people won't agree with it, is the pin has to be down. I don't care if it's being held up by something. If it if it's being held up, it's up. Move on. Okay shoot that. the stick. I'm honestly totally good with that too. But black you, and white. You know a lot of yeah. your um, your lower handicap or your sorry, your higher handicap <laughs> players or your pins over average players, 
they like getting those breaks, right? You get that little extra break, and all of a sudden you beat your average by forty instead of by ten. Like that, that's a big that's a big deal. So I'd hate to take that away from somebody, <laughs> I but I think your competitive players. It is what it is. If the pin didn't fall over, tough yeah. luck. It's still technically in. up. Yeah. yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, sure. Not against that. Yeah. We've, we've all worked in a bowling alley before. You're talking about handicappers or higher handicappers and all that. It, to be honest with you, how many Friday night specials have you seen? They come out of the gutter, all of a sudden he ripped out, get a yeah. corner spare. It's like, oh, we'll count that. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Count- so really, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna gain their points no matter what. I think. Back in the day, we <laughs> played a, a league. Um, we didn't play any of the the little tournaments on the side for like the associations or anything. It was just a fun league. Um, we used to call it Monday Night Rules. So if the machine counted the pin down, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> if the machine counted the pin up when it clearly fell over. Tough luck. Shoot your corner, right? <laughs> what, what, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that have to be the worst? If you get a B ten go on a middle head pin. <laughs> ten, computers, count, ten count. Ten count. Ten count. <laughs> computer, computers never lie. Yeah. Exactly. It, it was a tough league. It, it was fun that way. I liked it. You never knew what you were gonna get. <laughs> so her, so heritage. <laughs> for, you mean for, you mean from seventeen to twenty, right? Count as tens, yeah. Yeah. One to twenty ish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam, I had no issues with that place this year. It was absolutely phenomenal scoring. Crickets. Ask him again in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, hey, we all hey, know Brit- he can play Masters, but when it gets to cash tournaments, <laughs> hey, make sure you bring those uh, miss the cut shirts, Tim. <laughs> It's going to be icing on the bench shirts. <laughs> bench warmer. Don't forget your pull. There we, there we go. We should, we should get Johnny to make those for the open. I'm a bench warmer. <laughs> I, I, I know one one rule that came up in Regina that we were just quickly chatting about is uh, can you reset the pins mid-frame? So yeah. a, a, after you've thrown a first ball. Okay, so there's a bunch of different rules with that. Uh, the only ones that like really matter. Um, <laughs> uh, if a bowler before making his her first delivery of a frame uh, notice that the pins are improperly set, the bowler may reset the pins in order to bowl at a proper setup. Um, there is a rule further down that says when automatic string pin setting machines are in use and the machine does not properly reset a pin. Uh, such pins shall be respotted on the respective pin spot before the bowler makes subsequent delivery. But that to me sounds like it just didn't put a pin down. You know, does not properly respot a pin. Uh, it could it could be interpreted either ways. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know whether that means it's just offset or so. So it's, it's and this is where I think the the, the confusion came in. Um, so without a second reset. Right, so uh, per for examples, uh, Rob Wilson TPC uh, ends up throwing it through the pins on a bad set. <laughs> right? Does he at that point have the option to reset? Yes. For his spare. Yes, he. he I could and, push the reset button in the back if we. And I, to. I know Dexter's reading the rules, but I know we had a ruling back in 2008 at Masters Nationals where a gentleman had thrown his first ball, missed 
took a side and the pins reset and the three pin walked out, they were able to reset the pins so the pin sat properly on the spot. Yeah, and I think I think that's only fair. Like from a competitor yeah. standpoint, I think that's the fair way. Fair. I I don't I don't really know what the rules say here. Right. Because when because when you when you talk about the first rule, where it says if a bowler makes the first delivery of the frame knows the pins are improperly set, meaning that they're offset, the bowler may reset it. But this one says not will not properly respot a pin. To, I don't know. I don't know whether that. I don't know whether that means not put a pin down, or put an extra pin down, or offset. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're just looking at two different uh, names for the same thing. A respot. Same, I think it yeah. has to be on spot. It can't. Yeah. Can't be half on the, on the, the spot it's supposed to be settled, right? Yeah. E- either way, I think that's only the fair way of doing it. Yeah. And I. That was the ruling we got with the judge of play at that event. So, till I read a rule that states clearly otherwise that you're not allowed to reset on your second or third shot, I do believe that would be the ruling. Except mm-hmm. in free fall, I think, right? Yeah, free, free fall, you have to play as different. is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, I just want to see the correct call for the correct shot at that time yeah. and to, to me to just get those pins back on the correct spots I, I, I'm pretty sure I've actually had to have uh, like a chop spare reset with the three pin walking away from the two pin I think I've, I've had that done in uh, actually it might have been an open step ladder once actually you don't spare them when they're properly set anyway so why do I you know. give it oh I, I, I carried it <laughs> I, I, I carried it don't worry <laughs> <laughs> All that, time. Yeah, all that time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll move on to a couple other questions. Uh, so special guest time, Miss Baker. Uh, who was your bowling mentor growing up? Bowling mentor growing up. Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> I must admit, like growing up when like through YBC, I didn't really get involved, obviously, into the adult leagues until later but i must admit it was probably like the mark johnstones and matt schultz's from working at collingwood lanes and obviously watching the tpc and coming out for their open and stuff and watching them shoot was phenomenal and i'll probably never forget too growing up they have that i don't know if they still do but that c5 poster with all the faces on it that had like the double, the double crown crowns, championships yeah. on them and stuff that was always uh, a poster that i wanted to be on yeah i'm I'm actually surprised the C5 hasn't come out with new posters with that stuff on. I was gonna say I haven't. I was say I don't know if they still exist or not, but I, they, I they seen do. one the other day. I forget which house it was at. Well, oh, that's gonna bug me. It wasn't um, Sherwood. It's at Sherwood. No. Oh no. Oh. You actually get new ones each year, so it's a matter of them actually putting them up. So have you guys put it up? No. No. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll look for yours, Jen. Hey, right. hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. We'll sign it for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Air high five. <laughs> all, all I see is your nose. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, favorite tournament, Jen? Favorite 
Like cash tournament or just whatever tournament? Any tournament that you feel is your favorite. Doesn't matter if it's cash tournament, open, masters. Maybe you went and played Vegreville one year and that was your favorite tournament. Anything. <laughs> I'd probably got to go with masters, to be honest. That's one I truly look forward to hopefully making every year. I just find there's so much... Like, yeah, you still have your competitive bowling, but I just feel like there's so much downtime to be able to go hang out with people and go for dinner and grab some drinks after. And it's not like you just don't feel like you're bowling all day. Yeah. But if I did have to say a close second, it's probably the heritage uh, traditional. Awesome. Uh, so <laughs> your, you your, <laughs> your toughest match. Toughest match. Well, Sorry, small hands, Mitch Davies, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a tough match to come into, especially after like I had the 448 against Ryan, Reichardt there to make it, and then having to bowl the finals against Mitch. Pretty much, I obviously I didn't really expect to bowl as well as I did against him coming off a big game. Yeah, because in my opinion, not many people can do that when you finish like that, and then start out like that so that that was probably one of the toughest mass matches i can remember having do you remember what the totals were i think i had uh, not was probably it? not off the top of my head i think i had 960 and mitch probably had like 933 i think it was it was it was close yeah yeah it was probably one of the fastest finals ever too but <laughs> yeah for sure it was definitely fun to watch you win that's <laughs> nothing against mitch but it, that was something pretty cool to see yeah um well especially uh, oh, go, go ahead no go right ahead i'll say especially earlier in the day when i got out i got knocked out on the one side and he got knocked out on the other and he's like oh well i guess i'll see you in the final <laughs> and, well it happened <laughs> yeah. he will never say that to you again nope ever <laughs> <laughs> and then he was just like I knew you were like I knew you'd be tough, but not this tough, or however he put it. <laughs> I was like, what do you say to that? Well, not much you can say after you win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think you paid for dinner that night, Jen. Though. You didn't buy any drinks. These no, new no. these new champions they never <laughs> buy anybody nothing. <laughs> Um, so do you have any suggestions on how you would improve the sport or the tour or, um, any insights that you've seen being a champion on all the different levels, um, obviously on the tour, is there anything you would like to see, um, improved or changed? Honestly, there's not a whole lot. Like you, obviously you guys have done like a phenomenal job coming from, whatever year it started really like i said the big thing like i said i'd really enjoy about all your live streams now is that you can watch it and you don't even have to be there really and like i said you still feel like you're part of it and whatnot so that's been a big huge thing for me and all your obviously the support that you guys are getting basically from across canada and even well even the states there yeah. with the uh, walt, walt brooks, brooks yeah so that's awesome so I, I hopefully like just the numbers continue growing and hear word of, or I guess talk to each other and get more people and more friends out and hopefully it even gets bigger and better. Awesome, and hopefully we see you out more events. 
Uh, that's just, yeah. <laughs> Jen needs to get a job first. <laughs> so anyone hiring? <laughs> that was a shout out. Anybody got a job? Jen's yeah. looking. Okay. And then uh, our last question for you, for your uh, our special guest is your arsenal. What bowling balls, what bowling ball, or what bowling shoes, what bowling balls? <laughs> um, I do have a couple sets of bowling balls, but... I pretty much use the one set I've had for 19 years now. They're uh, Scorpions. I'm pretty sure they're four and seven, eight, three eights. And my shoes now are uh, custom made, just Adidas ones with a slap of leather on the bottom. And they've done me well the last, I don't know, seven or eight years probably. So why did you make the move to the custom shoes? I must admit, because it was just like the new fad, I guess. <laughs> and I found I was just going through Dexter's like there was no tomorrow. I was probably getting two years out of them. And I was kind of done paying the 200 300 bucks every two years just for a pair of shoes. But that was just my opinion, though. <laughs> no, no uh, you're definitely seeing that trend <laughs> continue. Uh, a lot of yeah. people are going to custom shoes because they're sick and tired of paying two, $300 for a decent pair of shoes. Yeah, and even Adam, I believe you're looking, aren't you? I just bought a new pair of SST6 hybrids. Boys, boys. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I definitely contemplated it. I, I just, I don't trust too many shoes, and I, I, I need support in like the arch support. So um, there's not too many, you know, flatter like DC type shoes out there that uh, are comfortable enough for me. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give these ones uh, another crack. The SST six is uh, probably last me about three years last time. So I don't know if I can get two, three years out of it, I'll be happy. You know, Adam, you they, have... they make orthotics for old men. So, Oh, I, I, I got them. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did, Adam, didn't you, didn't you have three G's and friends too? Yeah, the Brunswick's were just garbage, so I would not you recommend were so those shoes. Excited to... about them too. They everything about those shoes made sense to me, absolutely everything. Then I got them. Literally about six slides in, I wanted to throw them in the garbage because they started <laughs> they started breaking down. The, the The right toe came off already. The uh, I don't even know what the hell. It's not even a plastic. I I don't even know what this. It's like an epoxy <laughs> resin of toe. And that thing was it, it, it was shaved down within like six slides, so so yeah, that, those didn't last very long. And then uh, yeah, I bought a pair of three G's that lasted a year and a half, but it was a pretty good year and a half. So I I bowl a ton and I drive real hard to the line, so it, it's it, it's a different sport um, than ten pin, and that's why shoes just do not last up here. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm kind of the same way. That's where I really couldn't get more than two years out of a pair of mine. But, yeah, I'm definitely with you there. I think for wear and tear, those SST tanks I had were probably the best for wear. Mm -hmm. But they just split in the middle. Yeah. Like, I'm still wearing mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just terrible. Yeah. It really, but, I mean, really sucks because I bet you that right shoe would last 10 years. <laughs> It never wore down. It never, nothing wrong with it. Well, but the left shoe just split in half 
who says who says you can't just use the right shoe and have something else in your left? I guess I did yeah. that for years. Yeah. Yeah, but they were the same yeah. type of shoe, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Jen, I, I I got a question for you. So uh, obviously you're one of our our absolute greatest five pin athletes that that we've seen especially in our generation male female whatever it's it's you're you're one of the best um your input into the newfoundland bowling over the last couple of years uh now very much you know canada renowned of what uh, you were able to help that that group accomplish over the last couple of years um, what are your thoughts on kind of creating some of that history with uh, with the group out there? Uh, it was pretty cool. I must admit that. Like, bowling out there, is, it's a lot. I don't want to say it's a lot different out here, but it's definitely a different kind of atmosphere. Like, it's, still, it's super competitive, but at the same time, it's pretty much like a giant family. But uh, definitely both of those wins meant something to me, and you can easily tell it meant the world to them. Like I said, I'll never forget in Regina when we, uh, the tournament ladies team, we obviously it, it was unfortunate we had to bowl Alberta the last game to see who got the gold medal. But uh, when it was coming down the line, I remember Sarah stealing her match and it just kept coming down. And Madder and I looked at each other and she just already had the tears in her eyes because she knew that it was already done. Like, you can't get much better emotion than that. And then even last year at the Open when we won and she jumped like 50 feet in the air. Like... <laughs> It's just, you could just tell it means the world to them. And obviously it, it meant a lot that I could be a part of it to share it with them as well. But it was, it was pretty cool experiences. So before, before you guys won and tournament ladies, what was the, Destry, I think you might know where Jen, well, obviously you should know, what was the best finish for the ladies before that? What was the last goal for the tournament ladies for Newfoundland? It was like 30 About, years or? It was like 40. I think that was their first gold, like it tournament was. ladies gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the first. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice little piece of history. Yes. And, and then you, you would have also lived uh, kind of the start of the MBT uh, also uh, out that way. Um, how did, did that experience compare to, say, the WCBT um, on our side of it here? It was, it was honestly, like, the amount of support they got out there was fantastic. Like, well, I only got to play the two events out there, but, like, the other ones, they were full and ready to go within, like, two weeks of even bowling. Like, just, it was fantastic to see the support, and they, they'd try all different new formats every time, with, and then they'd have the bakers and doubles. Like, it was, they put a lot of time and effort into it. You can definitely tell that it meant a lot to them out there, too. But it's the same type of, like, caliber type thing, like you said, making mm -hmm. the cuts. And they tried to, like, do different formats to see what worked and whatnot. But, no, it was really nice to see something like that being started out there and getting people involved out on the coast there. Yeah, very cool. It is. Or it was, I guess. Uh, so I'll just do a couple of shout outs for high games over the last couple of weeks. Um, remember people, you guys can submit them to us on Facebook or by email. Um, but obviously Ron Perry shooting 448 at the Regina Classic. 
and from the video the shaky videos i seen on facebook since we weren't able to get a camera over there to capture it um it was pretty much buried right in the pocket for his last shot uh kind of sucks but uh i'm sure he'll get more chances at it 448s are are uh hard to come by as well just as hard as uh 450s so um jd hislop 10 years old shot a 292 um Congrats to Chris. I do believe that might be his highest game as well. <laughs> <laughs> no three pins. <laughs> and uh, Rene Laframbois, 450 today, day of recording on uh, March 6th. So that's uh, pretty cool. That would be her first perfect game? or I believe so, yes. Yeah. I wasn't too sure if she already had one or not. Pretty awesome. Congrats. Amazing. Yes. All right. Uh, what is your guys' favorite five-pin meme page? <laughs> None I, of them. I follow them all, so I'd have to look up who has the best latest meme. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I actually – I'm okay with them. I actually don't mind them. They, they bring some funniness to it. I know Evan's trying to bring one out with the pin chaser, but I kind of got a little like, I didn't understand like the masters trying to share one of them to get more likes than the masters page. I didn't understand that. Yeah. A little five, bit... five, five pin bowling memes page. I think. Yeah. It's like, well, why are you trying to promote somebody else's page when you're supposed to get people to like yours? <laughs> like, I found it kind of. Don't you know about but... cross promotion, Tim? Yeah, I was going to say, there's an actual really good chance it probably increased both. Yeah. Or neither. Your opinion. I don't know, but per- personally, I think the, the funniest of the three, the, I, the, the, the only ones I that I personally know are the five-pin bowling memes, the, the pin chaser, <laughs> and, and my personal favorite is uh, the annoyed five-pin bowling guy. Bowling. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, it, 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 I, I'm not gonna lie. When they had their little spat between them and five pin, you know, bowling memes, it, it was yeah. probably the funniest time that I've seen on Facebook in a long, long time. So, so who the, are one they? thing? Well, pin Corey chaser Ch- I know is Evan. Evan. Corey, Corey, uh, Corey is Chikowski, I think he's five pin memes, bowling yes. memes. And, and I, I'm assuming <laughs> Hendrickson. I, I don't I, know. I've I've suspected him for the longest time for the number eight five pin, uh, but I don't know for sure. So I don't maybe, know. Maybe we're outing him and he's Batman <laughs> and he's gonna be pissed off about this. <laughs> yeah, this this is all speculation. Nobody knows really. So, somebody bring him out, okay? Let's, let's bring this out. <laughs> I, I laughed really hard when the five pin bowling guy did the uh, five pin universe podcast mentions. Yeah. Meme page is one. <laughs> one. Mitch Davies eleven. So now they can do two. But Mitch Davies has got a significant lead on you now. But uh, either way, I haven't seen anything really, really good in a little while. So uh, step up your games. Yeah, get back to work, people. <laughs> the, the Regina Classic ones were always good. When they were like, always good. Oh, you yeah. averaged two seventy. Good luck in consolation round. That was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. He almost made it this year. <laughs> almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, uh, I think they bring something else to it. Um, memes are definitely part of social media now, so I think it's uh, classic that five-pin bowling follows the suit, right? 
Yeah. I don't know. Any further exposure that that can happen for this game is very necessary. Very. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Anything we can do to keep it front of mind is good. Sounds good. Thanks for coming <laughs> out, guys. <laughs> Wrap it up. Uh, if you, anybody has any other topics, please submit them to us on Facebook or you can send an email. Um, just go to our website at 5 what, what about if uh, anybody has any ideas on guests? Sure. Yeah. Any of that. Yeah. If anybody has any suggestions that are constructive, please send them in. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thanks a lot, Jen. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And, and lady. <laughs>